You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. When you try to fill the <laughs> shoes of the almighty Brandon Jaggers, that's like putting on a pair of 15-size shoes when you only wear 10s. Brandon Jaggers. Why, why does this Brandon Jaggers name sound familiar? Is, does he work janitorial over on the front side? <laughs> And me, CC brought us. But, but what does he actually do? I mean, you know, what is he, other than, you know, being a ho- one of the hosts on your show? I'm not really sure. Everybody, welcome to Auxiliary Gate Podcast number 146. I'm CC Broadus, joined by Alan Schneider. Alan, how are you doing today? I'm fine. We thought maybe an impromptu podcast might be on the uh, might be on the agenda all of a sudden, uh, an unscheduled one. Because I mean, it was a slow news week, don't you think? Anything come up this week that maybe we should not, discuss? Not much going on. I mean, we can talk about uh, maybe uh, the stock market, uh, what's going yeah. on there, possibly. Maybe some entertainment news. I, I don't know. I, you, it's it's an open book, open yeah, mic, I mean, as they say. With nothing going on in the world of horse racing, at least around these parts, noteworthy. I guess, you know, I, I thought Ted Lasso season three was pretty weak, to be honest with you. The finale was okay. Uh, there's yeah. that. So you, oh. you're... You, you're out of my league because I, I don't know anything about those streaming shows. I, I get Netflix because Amanda lets me have her uh, password, and I don't yeah. ever watch it. That's right. You're the one that hasn't seen Breaking Bad. That's, that's insane. I, no, I've seen Breaking Bad. Okay. Yeah. All, yeah. all 60 episodes? I've, I've seen it all now. I've seen it all. It was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm, okay. Yeah. That's good. So, But, may, you know, now that I think about it, I think there may be something newsworthy going right here in Louisville. Kentucky, the northern Kentucky area. Maybe we should touch on that here in a second. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bit mysterious, to say yeah. the least. Yeah, and that's why we're but, doing this. We're, we're, this podcast, essentially, we have questions. Obviously, the Churchill to Ellis thing, right? The Churchill to Ellis thing. It came, I don't say it came from out of nowhere. It was a little bit surprising, and it's going to happen. It is going to happen. But like a lot of people, we, there are just some certain questions. We're not going to, you know, it's done. It's happening. But we have questions about it, you know, just you know, random thoughts and stuff we thought we'd discuss here. Well, if you're listening, if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably a regular listener. You know that uh, back, dating back to Derby Week, uh, there was uh, there's some breakdowns, uh, some uh, some horse deaths that uh, kind of went unexplained. Uh, you know, we lost a Derby contender, Wild on Ice, broke down on the track during a workout, and then it just got worse from there. We got, it, I think, we had lost a couple to heart attacks. We lost horses on the turf course, horses on the dirt. Uh, and as each one, as each incident took place, the uh, the media coverage kind of compounded. And it just got to be a bigger and bigger story. And uh, especially over Derby weekend. Uh, there, I know there's at least two on Derby day that uh, unfortunately broke down. And 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 here we are. Uh, fast forward to uh, Friday afternoon. We we got a uh, uh, a really strange. Uh, I got a strange uh, uh, email from somebody that, that was in the know that said that uh, Churchill was closing down and going to 
going to Ellis uh, starting next weekend, and it, that that developed very quickly within it probably thirty did. minutes. It certainly yeah. did. And uh, and here we are. We're we're we raced our last day at uh, Churchill for the spring meet. Next Saturday we're going to Ellis Park to the Pea Patch, and uh, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that personally, but it, this is uh, strange for me because I uh, I have uh, never. This is the first time I've missed racing at Churchill in gosh, I don't know how many years. Maybe forty years, thirty-five years, something like well, that. You got a new job once, so that, that takes all your day. Plus, yeah. But you did go on Derby Day with us and stuff, right? So that yeah, but I, I don't really know if I can count that. I mean, that was uh, you know, I, I, I would say uh, taking part as a patron right. on the front I side. I, I yeah, I haven't seen one. Didn't get to see one race, so that's that's kind of sad. But you know, that's that's where we are. So. Uh, like like you, I've got a lot of questions and uh, and a lot of concerns as well. Yeah, um, we'll get to you know, but we'll, we'll we'll touch on a couple other things too, maybe before we get into this or whatever. But in fairness, I know everybody wants to bash Churchill. Everybody w- wants to bash Churchill. I try to look at things in a in a take a step back, unbiased approach. Uh, is Churchill to blame on some certain things? High prices, yada yada yada. Tracks closing, yeah, of course, or whatever. Uh, are they being a little bit unfairly attacked on this one? Uh, as far as the track goes, I believe the track is safe. Everyone I talk to believes the track is safe. A lot of horsemen I, I dearly trust believe the track is safe. People to know, um, would you? How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm, again, I'm not a horseman, but I trust people that I talk to. I believe the track is safe. Yeah, my my initial thought is Churchill is in a bad spot. Yes, and you for, got it. For, for like one reason, like them. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Well, for one for one reason, they're a publicly traded company right right on and so they're going to be and it's the home of the most important race in the united states most important horse race in the united states uh, and it they've got a lot of different sets of eyeballs on them we're talking the media uh we're talking uh animal rights activists we're talking uh, uh i think this is a, this is something maybe that's not hasn't been approached yet is a uh, uh, stock. Uh, I don't even know what investors. You know uh, 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 these. Uh, you know these kind of like BlackRock. I don't know. If BlackRock owns part of Church of Downs Incorporated. They own everything but, else, don't they? But what I'm getting at, the, I know a big deal when you're investing in stocks now is your ESG score. Now it's not. It's not just that you have to perform well. You have to make a lot of money. Now there's this ESG score. Which Explain is, the ESG real quick. I think it stands for environment, environmental and social governance or guidance. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I probably should have looked that up, but that is, uh, that's important because, uh. Well, it's not necessarily important. It's important to some people, but. Well, uh, the younger right. investors, younger investors, it's a big deal to younger investors. I know yeah. that. Uh, and so. And something we're probably going to hear a lot in the coming years is the term social license. Oh, yeah. And so social license is basically, you know, you've got to got to be able to prove that you can operate uh, that that appeases, uh, I guess, decency. You know what I'm saying? Like people's version of decency. They're right. Decency. Right. And well, now, that changes. That's, that, obviously, that as we as we've seen in the last ten years, that's evolved. It may not be the same amount of morality and decency that the rest of us hold, but continue on. For instance, uh, uh, 
I'm not a big Clay Travis fan, but oh, I I take him here to Kentucky over the guy we got. But go ahead. Well, yeah, I know, but I, I, well, that's a whole different conversation. But my it problem is. with Clay Travis, well, Clay Travis said that you know he he thinks in two generations that we won't eat meat in this country. We will be a nation of vegetarians or or uh, plant based foods. You know. It's and obviously they're pushing that to no avail at the moment. So yeah. Yes, so I mean, you think of that in two generations. That that's that there, there's you know the 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 and we're seeing it in Ireland right now. Ireland, uh, the, the, they want to get rid of two hundred thousand cows, and just because they're, they're they think that's the way to help the environment. I don't want to get into this. I I, I do not want to get into to uh, climate change and all that. But that's what I'm getting at. It, this, this all goes into a social license. You know, if, if, if that, if, if Clay Travis is right, two generations from now, farmers may not have a social license to, to, uh, to, to raise cattle or pigs or chickens and et cetera. So that's, uh, that's the world we live in. And that's coming full circle. That's where the ESG score comes in. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if the leadership at Churchill Downs Incorporated is, is a little bit cognizant of what they need to do in terms of uh, uh, enticing people to invest in their company. And I think that is part of where we are today. But like I said on the last podcast, there's no transparency. So we're left to to have podcasts and discuss uh, what we think is going on. So I may be completely off base, but here we are. That's right. You open, you leave yourself open to speculation. Uh, I think in the short term, the more immediate thing, now, number one, we all agree. And, and I don't just mean this, that something is amiss that said, but people have to have a victim. They have to have, they have to have a villain. There has to be a villain when anything happens. There has to be an easy answer. And the track is the easy answer. I don't, you know, if it's, we always want it. We can't, you look at anything in society as a multi, as a, multi-issued problem correct it has to be this one thing right i believe in and stuff we all know that i can go on and on about that i'm not going to but when you do that when you fixate on that one area do you solve the problem or do you just placate people are you just placating people who you know uh let's say if the track's not the issue and you close the track down and something else which to me obviously is a variety of different things that have come in in a very problematic short time uh, then you're not really solving the problem. And that's we can go on and on about that with other things that people like to argue about or whatever. So it, do I believe the tracks issue? You know, it, are the protocols in place? Yes. Um, it's a variety of things with these, these uh, poor horses uh, happened uh, to. I understand that people want change. Now, some people have their own um, agenda. Agenda. They have their own agenda. They don't really care, got to be honest with you. A lot of people don't actually care. They just look for the opportunity, and a lot of these people are paid and, and stuff, or they're trying to push other things or whatever. The people that do care, I actually would be fine listening to. Uh, but, you know, it's a Churchill's defense, and not a lot of people come to Churchill's defense. Uh, they, this solution, it's kind of an appeasement, I think, at the end of the day. And here I am making speculations, which is not something I like to do. It's move it to Ellis Park, get off the front page, get off CNN and Fox and MSNBC and all these other places that honestly don't give a rat's ass, but uh, get it out, get it out of the way. Uh, go up to Henderson, get out of the way, because we're still going to train here. We're still, uh, we, they still race for a couple of days, which also proves that deep down Churchill does not believe it's the track, right? Nor do the horsemen. 
no. So that's what they're going right. to do. And out of sight, out of mind, as we know in this in this nation of a well, let's face it, a corrupt media. Uh, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? And just get off the front page until the next news cycle comes by. It's like when a politician. I say today when a politician murders a prostitute, that should be the number one story in the country. But, you know, the media does a good job of uh, latching on to something else or bait and switching us and blah, blah, blah. So that is what will happen. If if everything goes goes well, uh, heaven forbid everything goes well, then that's exactly what happened. It will leave the news, and we may go back to some sense of normalcy. But in the meantime, Ellis Park is in the spotlight, right? I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, as we've (laughs) said numerous times – we love these uh, AAA tracks in Kentucky, Turfway, and Ellis Park. And if you've been to Ellis Park, it has got a ton of charm. Uh, we love it. We love the people up there. It's great. So I'm excited for them, which there's a silver lining to everything. And now the spotlight's on Ellis, and let's hope that they can pull this off with Churchill's help, obviously. Now, I do want to get to Haza. Is it Haza or Hissa? I don't know. <laughs> I, well. I don't know. I, all right, so I'm, I, I've always had concerns about Heiza. I'm going to call it Heiza. I've always had concerns. I don't like government involved in horse racing no more than it already is. I think, uh, I think, uh, my, my issue with Heiza in this situation is, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. They, they, uh, Lisa Lazarus, who is the head of Heiza, came out with a statement, released a statement saying that they recommended or suggested to Churchill that they close. Is I have that right? heard that. I have heard that. I'm not saying it's true, but I have heard it. Here's my concern. They released that statement with no proof, no evidence to back up what their their suggestion. That's that is my concern. What, Agreed. What is your what is your like I said when we started we started the pod tonight. We had two horses die of heart attacks. We had several die on the dirt track. We had a few break down on the turf track. It was about probably six or seven different things, if we're going to be honest. But you know. yeah, and and we don't know any. I don't know anything specifically about any of the injuries. And you know, the, the heart attack, the, the horses that died with the heart attack. I, I assume that's what they died at. I, I'm, I may be way off. I, I'm, I got to be honest. I haven't done the research like I guess right. a, a good podcast person should. But but I mean that's that's. That's something that has nothing to do with the racetrack, the surface no. at all. No. Um, and, and here we are. Heiza is, I, I always assumed that Heiza was supposed to catch the cheaters. So what they've done now is find a lot of jockeys for striking their horses one or two extra times in the stretch. And they forced Churchill to close early or not forced, but suggested they close early. And to my knowledge, they've, they've yet to catch any, any, uh, Right. Drug positives. Agreed. So. That's great point. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the, that the essence of your government intervention you were talking about, right? The government comes yeah. in and yeah, I mean, we're going to see that on a much broader scale globally and stuff, right? Uh, too many, too many byproducts and, and not enough results of what, what this was uh, intended for. Yeah. It happened very quickly and, and such, but, uh, it, you know, sometimes, uh, make us, is it a silk purse of a sow's ear? And to everyone's credit, that's what they're attempting to do. And I'm not going to bash on them because a lot of people are going to be working extremely hard around the clock to pull this off, which is the basis of what this podcast actually is tonight. We're wondering because there's a lot to there's a lot to pulling this off. Like in the short term, I mean, 
on Friday you decide you're going to Ells Park, that's nine days away, right? And right. to pull this off, I mean, there's some things that I'm wondering about. Is there anything that you're wondering about how how it, how they do this? Well, they're, they're canceling three days. We're losing three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I think we're going to lose Wednesday for the rest of the meet. I, was Churchill going to race Wednesdays to up until? They were. Yeah, so we're losing. We're going to go Thursday to Sunday. Uh, I heard a rumor, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it came from a pretty good source that there's not going to be turf racing opening weekend in Ellis. Which that I don't know. That's that is another can of worms. Uh, one of our previous guests, Billy Denzik, tweeted out today. You know, the Ellis Park turf course is not going to last if they no. start next weekend. No. And like, and he suggested, and I think that was a great suggestion. Maybe, uh, maybe some of these tracks work together. Wouldn't that like be Kentucky, nice? Like Kentucky Downs take some of the turf racing, uh, maybe a couple weekends, and, or uh, or mm-hmm. even Keeneland. That'd be great. Or even Turfway, they, they could run some races at Turfway. That would be uh, that'd be kind of cool. But uh, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm concerned that uh, Ellis's poor turf horse is going to be a uh, just a, a barren wasteland by the uh, mid August. Yeah, for those who don't know, they run a two month meet, and they I think they run three days a week, and they only run like twenty four, twenty five races a week, and it's hot up there in Ellis. It's hot as hell, and by the end of that meet, I mean it looks like they run on dirt sometimes. This starts out lovely, but uh, you throw in an extra month of race, extra month of racing on there, and but I would like to see maybe. And again, this is they're all pulling this off in the short. Maybe there's something working behind the scenes for Keeneland, Kentucky down. Somebody else steps it. That would be nice. I mean, all the horsemen, at the end of the day, we're going to touch on a couple different things. But to me, it's about the horsemen and the employees. That's what I care about. Are the horsemen yeah. out? Are the horsemen out? Are they getting their opportunity? Are the owners getting their opportunity? Are they out more money than they already are? Are the employees who work at – this is one thing that actually really does irritate me. Are the employees at Churchill who thought they were going to be there all month and had that knew they had that income coming – that they could rely on through the end of the meet, are they going to be taken care of? I already know that they've been told to file for unemployment. Some are. Some probably aren't eligible for unemployment. A lot of them work on tips. So what I would like to see, and I like to try to defend you as much as possible, Church, I would like to see you to make that right with those workers. Because I remember COVID a couple of years ago, right, and all the degenerates on Twitter, all they cared about, am I going to get to bet races? Am I going to get to bet races? Am I going to get to bet races? Well, Churchill finally opened. The Churchill really opened to no fans, which means no employees. And those employees didn't make any damn money. So I, I, I guess it's the blue-collar person in me. Uh, I would like to see the rank and file get taken care of. I don't know if that's going to happen. Right? I doubt that it is. But I worry about those people, and I worry about the horsemen uh, and the owners and stuff getting probably hit with a little more expense than they thought they were getting hit with, right? That's exactly I, right. Yeah, I mean, their shipping costs. Interested to see how this. I'd like to know what, what how they handle this because uh, are they gonna? They've got to man that place. I know the uh, the the casino or the, the HHR parlors are is manned year round. Mm-hmm. But you know you've got to now you've got to fill in with uh, you got to have a gate crew down there. You've got to have uh, people sell programs and concessions. And, and cooks up in the, uh, you know, the, the sky terrace up top and you're going to have, uh, gosh, you know, security and all those people, you know, they've got to hire them now three or four weeks in advance. That's, that's a, that is no small task. No. And, and that's kind of the, I think what I would want to lead off with as a question part is, and I already had no one, a partial answer to my question is, is how does a place the size of Ellis, which is fairly small, 
pull it together to take that meeting on such a short notice. Now, because as you touched on, they got to have workers too. They have workers on the backside. They got to have workers for everything, uh, plus the size of the place. But the one thing you have to keep in mind, and I was told this today, and it's a great point, uh, you badmouth their church a lot, but the one thing they can do is pull an event together. They pull the derby oh. together. Those guys are, they're like machines with that shit. And so, I mean, there are people working around the clock putting that stuff together. So, if, you know, all their different departments got to do what they got to do or whatever. So, I mean, if anybody can do it, they can do it. I will say that. And you know I'm right, folks. I mean, that is true. If anybody can do it, Churchill can do it. Now, will there probably be hiccups? Probably. I don't know. What well, let's parking? take this. Right. Right. Well, that place has a lot of parking, though. That shouldn't be a big deal. There's a, that, should, that should be okay, I think. But that... uh that, 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 let's let's defend Churchill one step more. I mean, that, they probably salvaged Ellis. That yes. I mean, that, the group that owned them prior did did no did nothing to to move Ellis forward, other than manage the slot part of them, which is why they were there. But everything that they promised, they never took one step forward on it on any of it. Agreed. Uh, gosh, the the one. The one time I went, I got to go down there last year. I went we, with you. Well, it was two times. I, we went a second time. Or maybe it was the next day. We, we snuck into the Sky Theater up top. Have you ever been up there? I haven't, no. It, I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but it's, I, I want to be outside where I can yell at the horses so they hear me when I'm, you know, cause they run faster when they hear me yell at That's why I, I understand that, yes. Yeah, so. We were upstairs. Uh, I think it cost maybe ten dollars to get upstairs. And it's a nice view. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's worth doing once. But the they they're supposed to serve something every single day. They're supposed to serve something to all the people that are up there. The, the day we went, they had hot dogs and disgusting coleslaw, hard buns, uh, potato chips. Ugh. And, and, you know, and hamburgers, but you built, you had to build them yourself. I mean, you, I, they had a tray of hot dogs and a tray of hamburgers. I could have got like 15 each. And I mean, this is so disgusting. The coleslaw was just so, it was so ugly. And then uh, we each, each little booth has a TV in it. My, my TV didn't have a remote. So I was stuck on watching uh, like Lone Star or whatever. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't change the channel. So that sucked, you know, and, and, and the plant was the plant was run down. They didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. Those guys. The we, the infamous, infamous video of the water running out of the jockey's bathroom that that was brown. Yeah. yeah you know, remember that? And, and like, and they were supposed to, to add lights for night racing, and and they were supposed to expand the turf course. And they and fixed the fixed the video. Churchill was actually fixing the video board, which was you know fifteen twenty years past its prime. So hopefully we're going to get a new uh, new experience. And the camera work was awful during the race, yeah. which was it was the, it was so embarrassing to watch a race on TV from Ellis. So that brings me to another question. Uh, I mean, Churchill's got a lot more, you know, they got a lot more money, and they got uh, they've got more people to do that. When we see these high end Churchill races, hundred and forty thousand dollar lounge races, stakes races, Stephen Foster, etc., is the camera work going to be? What we expect, what we what we should expect, you think? Oh, surely, know. surely they'll figure that part. You know something else too that I, I thought I just found out today. Ellis is again. Ellis is in a different time zone. It's in Kentucky, but it's in 
it's on Central Time, right? Central Time, is that correct? Yeah. Or, or behind us. So yep. I was wondering how that was going to work. I found out today from the guys that uh, that their, their post time will be not 12.45 is where it cuts to be, but 1.50 for traditional Ellis Park time. So um, so I was wondering about that. So did, did you thought of that yet? No, you're saying the, the, the traditional post time at Ellis is going to be. Yes. That's, so, yeah, that's, yeah, okay. I'm fine with that too. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. That's no big deal. I mean, I just I hope they can pull up. I hope. What kind of field sizes do you think we're going to see? Is this going to? I mean, are, we're already having multiple scratches during the course of a card. I mean, to me, the, is the product is the product going to be what we hope that it's going to be? Because you know, there's times when I thought these cards at Churchill were good, and then they had multiple scratches. All of a sudden, it's a four and a five horse field. And it, you know me, I'm not playing those races. And there's there's cards I thought uh, they had a couple scratches early, didn't have scratches throughout the, the day, and we may have some maybe we don't know what kind of entries they're going to take at Ellis because a lot of people are having to do this on the fly. I mean, do you, how do you think the field sizes are going to be? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I am most. It could go either way. It could go either way. I am most interested in, in the uh, one million dollar Stephen Foster, which will be run the weekend of uh, July fourth. That, first of all, that's that's the coolest thing I've ever seen or heard. <laughs> They're going to run a million-dollar race at Ellis. That's my dream come true. <laughs> it's true, yeah. And, and it's going to be on a it's going to be on a card with uh, the Fleur de Lis and several other stakes races. So I, I'm very interested. To, I wouldn't mind to go that weekend if I could figure it out. But well, that uh, go ahead. Well, now that you leave me knowing, because as we start talking, I start thinking about more things. Number one, will there be a corgi race in between the Fleur de Lis? And the Stephen Foster's were accustomed to there maybe a Dachshund race or something like that. But in addition, you're talking about going to Stephen Foster. And are they going to – they're not going to price people the way they price at Churchill, are they? Is what, I guess what I'm getting to. Because if you want to go to Stephen Foster, they could have a big crowd for that, right? Is the size of the property big enough to handle that amount of people? And will Churchill charge them Ellis Park prices or will they charge them yeah. commensurate uh, prices? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting experiment. I mean, that that facility is not built to handle no. fifteen thousand. I mean, maybe not at all. Maybe seven thousand. The bathrooms but, aren't. I can tell you that. The concession stands aren't. I can tell oh you. Oh my that, gosh! So. They got Ellis has the worst bathrooms. Ugh, oh, they're and they're not very big. <laughs> There's there. Sometimes you kind of squeeze these urinals in next to stalls, and it's yeah. it's a little tough. And uh, so, I mean, we, that, that's where you get into the plumbing and stuff. So. We we talk about hey a big Stephen Foster card a big Fleur de Lee card is that a deal where there's so much such a small facility and they expect a big crowd they have to charge more to keep people I don't know but to me you shouldn't I mean charging money to get into Ellis Park a, a sizable fee and you know for some people ten fifteen dollars is a sizable fee I'm sorry it is I, I mean think it's you know those people are accustomed to going to Ellis Park and not paying anything to walk in my expectation my expectation doesn't mean jack shit. But my expectation is those people get in free, but we'll see, right? Churchill's giving up a lot. They're, they're going to lose a lot of revenue. They are. Of I mean, they're but, losing the downs after dark, right? That's another thing I was wondering about. Uh, yeah. Twilight Thursdays, right? They have Twilight. Don't they have a Twilight Thursday leaderboard thing, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Like a uh, promotion yeah, on Twins yeah, Fires. Probably, probably. Is that over? Is that over now? I have no, I have no idea. No, There's a lot of things you got to think about and stuff. They so. could pull off. I don't see why they couldn't pull off a, a twilight, twilight though at, at Ellis. I mean, you get, you get long long evenings. You know, maybe start it a little bit later, but not. It's, you don't have to start at five o'clock. 
Maybe so, they'll yeah, do start that. a little earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the races that you talked about. I mean, are the races getting made up? We know we're losing three days races. You may lose Wednesday's races. Yeah. Uh, I got to think overall there's going to be fewer races, correct, for the horse. Because the horsemen are already taking a bit of a bath on this, it seems like to me, unless they're being made right that I don't know about, but with the shipping costs, not running out of your own backyard. Um, I mean, these are all questions that other people may already have the answer to, maybe answers they're trying to come up with as we go along. But if the horsemen are already out, and when I say horsemen, I mean jockeys too, right? They got to get hotels. They got to make that two and a half hour drive up there, yada, yada. Maybe they've been working horses at Keeneland. Now they got to drive to Ellis. I mean, that's a haul, right? So, yeah, that's bad for the horsemen at Keeneland. Oh, that's yeah. an extra, that's an extra, well, yeah, I mean, 45 minutes plus an, another hour and a half to, to get over to uh, Ellis. That's, that's a long, that's a long night when you're driving back. So, I mean, people are going to get hotels. I mean, will there be enough hotels to accommodate? I mean, I guess it will in Evansville. But yeah. um, I, I just keep thinking of things or whatever. But it's not my job to figure this out. It's Churchill's job to figure this out. Um, i got to think they're burning the night oil of Ellis right now. But, uh, Fortunately, Churchill bought Ellis. Yes. Uh, where, would, where would we be right now if Churchill had to, to go that extra three or four weeks under the media scrutiny? I don't know. I don't know because people would just be looking. Wolves would be there. The wolves would be out waiting for anything to happen. And by the way, this, and this is what bothers me about media coverage, uh, I don't think Churchill had an incident this weekend. No, no one mentioned right? that. No, and nobody, nobody's mentioned that I know I, of. There's, you know, exactly. They had a spill, not a spill, but a couple a couple riders fell off their mounts today in one of those races. By the but way, uh, hats off to Greg oh, yeah. Lawson for the coolest shit I've ever seen. Pulling outrider pulling in two horses at once. That's a man right. right there. He's a badass. They need to name a stakes race after him. That's right. The Greg Blasey stakes. You're damn right they do. But you make a good point. It goes why the media's well, let's, they're scum. I mean, let's face it, they are, especially nationally. If it ble- if it bleeds, it leads, right? That's what that's what you do. You got to sell your soul. Which I used to think I used to think I wanted to be a sports writer when I was younger. I can't imagine selling my soul to be in that kind of corrupt environment now. Um, nobody cares that everything went well. Churchill actually scratched a lot of horses, a lot of protocols. They don't care now, right? They don't give a shit. No. I mean, I, I think you got to be a soulless scum, soulless scum to be in, in most portions of the media these days or whatever. And sorry if that comes off across. I really don't give a shit. It's the truth. I have a soul. That's why it, That's why it, uh, it comes off that way. So Anyway, but you're making a lot of, you got to move around a lot, aren't you? Oh, sorry. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out in the backyard. Oh, the birds sound lovely, by the way. Yeah, yeah this is nice. I should maybe do this more often. I should oh, do you this. Should. Yeah, yeah. Oh, about the pregame show, I was wondering about the pregame show. It was like the Joes and the Scots. They got to go back and forth to Ellis. I think they're going to do that, as I understand it. They're going to still pregame at Churchill for the most part. They'll do the show from Churchill, and they're still figuring that out. And then maybe in the big days, they'll go there and be in person or whatever. Now. And I agree with that. I don't know why they got to go back and forth, but I mean, wherever they set up there anyway, right? Yeah. Would you want to be no. doing that show out in 93 degree weather out there in the baking sun? I don't know. If I was at Ellis Park, yes. Yeah. With that sun bearing down on you? And those lights coming down? You? If I, if they would, I would do, I'll, I'll, Churchill, I'll volunteer to do this. I would. If we'd, we'd be good. I get, I want a hotel room at, uh, I don't want, I don't want downtown. Evansville. I want to be out there on the Lloyd Expressway at the Hilton, and then I want a every weekend. I want a two hundred fifty dollars gift card to Cork and Cleaver. I would settle for free dipping dots. 
Dippin' Dots. I wonder if they're going to sell Dippin' Dots this summer. Oh, I mean, the Dippin' Dots, I can imagine what that shipment of Dippin' Dots is coming in yeah. right now. So. Right. But yeah, there's nothing the heat, that heat at Ellis Park, man. You're gonna, that ain't no joke. That's it's very oppressive. <laughs> That's another thing. Uh, if anybody's listening, please, you've got to install some, some of those big, big ass fans in the grandstand. Big ass fans, brother. Oh, amen. Gosh, that would be so much helpful. That would, that would make the experience so much better. You know, people bitch about takeout and they should, but if you tell people, hey, we're going to increase marginal takeout for maybe one meat on like show bets or something to put big ass fans in, people are going to be all over. That's fine. (laughs) Go ahead, take it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, Again, everybody knows I work at an auto plant. I'm in an office now, but I was on the floor for a long time. Those big ass fans kick ass. I will tell you that. Uh, Ignore the name. They work. Uh, Last last thing before we switch gears. I got one more Uh, thing, too. Okay. Well, all right. I got one more thing. Uh, so last week, Heiser and the Horsemen had a meeting, or uh, Hor- not the Horsemen, but Churchill. Heiser and Churchill met, and they established, I think it was three guidelines going forward. One of them was uh, any horse that's beaten more than 12 lengths four times in a row cannot race until they either, you know, prove it somewhere else or, or, or get approved by a vet. Uh, number two was... I gotta they think only, about that. Go ahead, keep going, keep going. They pay purses out one through five. So prior to that, they were paying first through last, and that was, you know, that was no joke. I mean, that that offsets really, you know, expensive hauling bills and and Lasix and and pony bills and all that kind of stuff. That, and then I can't remember. That. I forgot the third one. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, you know, say I mean the the first one's not that big a deal. I think somebody said all the three guidelines that they've installed would not have saved any no. of the horses. So I, I honestly, I, and you know, here's Heisa again. I, I don't know what the purpose of these rules are. No, I can see I can see the beaten links. I can see that in a way. Hang on, I got I got a, I got a problem with that one. Can I, I go? Yeah, here's my, here's my problem with that one. Beaten links at any distance at any surface. That's a dumbass thing. That's stupid. Because in a sprint race, sprint races are shorter than mile and a quarter races, right? So there should be some sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, like uh, prorated thing, depending on is, is it a six furlong race or is it a, a nine, ten furlong race? It's, there's a bit of a difference right there. Number one, I can't believe there's not a codicil to that, an asterisk. Number two, turf racing. Turf racing. Horses don't get beat by 12 lengths very often, to be honest with you. You can lose by four and a half lengths and get your absolute ass kicked. It's a tighter, more compact, different type of racing or whatever. So the whole 12 lengths thing is an arbitrary, dumbass number to me. But that's just me. Uh, now, go on. <laughs> I'll let you get back I'm to looking for the looking for the third rule, but I can't find it. Additional. That's just a stupid rule to me the more I think about it. Collection of blood and hair samples for all fatalities. No, I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't have any opinion. Here we go, 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 here we go. Effective immediately, horses will be restricted to four starts during a rolling eight-week period. Horses will have ineligibility standards for poor performance. Well, that's the, the 12 lengths and five consecutive starts. It'll be ineligible to race at Churchill until approved by the uh, equine medical director. And third... Cause of track-based incentives, including trainer start bonuses and payout allocations to every race finisher. Only the top five finishers will receive payouts. Ugh. I hate yeah. that. I hate that last rule. With I don't even. I don't like. I don't like that. But is it still in place now? Is that 
is that still in place now that we're going to Ellis? Is, or is, are both things have to apply? I, I'm, I'm confused. I can't answer that. Can't answer that one. I don't like those rules. I mean, and how about the, the horse racing commission? I mean, I don't think they agreed with this, correct? Let's, yeah. I mean, is, is the is the racing commission out in the cold? On these, statement. they they came out with a statement that said that uh, the the tracks the track was not a factor in the in the breakdowns, right? I, I agree. I mean, so what are we doing here? <laughs> maybe a couple. Maybe the track wasn't responsible for a couple. I don't know, but I, but again, when when you make when you rush to judgment on anything, you're never going to solve the problem, right? You you rush to judgment, you got to have. For the people above you, you got to have some sort of hey, let's we're taking care of this. Well, that may not be the root cause. So, um, and if you don't fix the root cause, and the problem just uh, continues on and continues on, right? So, let's hope Elsa's surface is ready to go, right? I mean, we gotta we gotta hope that turf course yeah. is ready to go. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's gonna happen. I mean, these things are inevitable. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, uh, oh, also, you know, I remember last year with the turf course. One of the reasons they didn't run the turf, the jockeys who had, should have more say so this up than this than anybody, they didn't want to run on it. And I haven't heard the jockeys say anything about this dark course. You know what I'm no. saying? No. I think no. They, there's a couple of those guys got some pull out there, and if they don't want to run, they're not going to run. These guys, so if, if they they got more to lose than anybody, you know, their legs, their lives, well, their livelihoods, they're kind of I, cool. I think the positive in all this is that the, the industry is actually trying Yes. To show that they, they do care about the horses. This isn't like they're not turning a cold shoulder to, to safety. And that's, that's, you know, they should, I think everybody should be applauded in, in, in trying to work this out. But my, you know, my issue is I, I I'm not sure it was warranted. Uh, but I, you know, like I said, a lot of these, a lot of these decisions were knee jerk. But, and I, and I, like I said, I, I have no, I have no use for Heiser. But that's just me. I don't have I don't have enough an opinion about it, but I know people that I trust don't have a you know a really care that much for them. But I don't know I I never like uh, spout on things that I don't believe that I'm informed enough to to comment on, and that would be uh, one. Do you have any other concerns about it? Any questions about it? It's a logist if it's a logistical it's a it'd be impressive if in fairness if they pull it off logistically, would it not? I mean if they do get the yeah. Um, one other thing. Yeah. I meant to mention a minute ago, no more one-turn miles. If you claimed a horse out there thinking that he's going to be perfect for a one-turn mile at Churchill or the fact that you knew the horse loved the Churchill course and you plunked down 50000 knowing that you got this one-turn mile on the counter that you think your horse is perfect for, shouldn't you get your money back? I mean, I know that that's not the way it works, right? Uh, well, but, I mean, if you're, if you're claiming a horse, right, like well, Tom Amos used to say, Tom Amos said that if you're claiming a horse for a specific race, then you probably shouldn't be claiming the horse. You should, well, you should be claiming the individual. Well, I'll give you. I'll go another route with you there, but for possibly, possibly, however, because we're not going to have any more one-turn miles here for a while. But um, what if you, you know, you you worked your horse? And this actually goes back to the gambling aspect of it too, which I, I don't want to delve too much into that. But you got your horse who's been working every day at Churchill, every every week at Churchill, or with, with the expectation to run at Churchill. Now you're going to send him to a track he hasn't worked at. A lot of them are going to who never these horses have never set foot on Ellis Parks, and yeah. uh, I mean, so they've been working on it. Maybe they don't handle it. As as betters, shouldn't you, in theory, take a step back and wait to see how these how these races are going to be run? Correct. Not me. 
Well, I know, but I actually believe, you know, I believe, I do believe in a bit of a patient approach. You know that. Uh, but I mean, that is, I mean, these horses were working at Churchill with the intent of running at Churchill out of their own backyard. Now they got a ship. They wouldn't intend to ship. That's two hours hey, away. They're the guys like, the guys like Eric Foster and Jason Barkley, those guys that, that are based down yes. there in Western Kentucky should have an advantage now. So, yeah, uh, you know, that's, those are two, at least two trainers that, uh, They're keep an eye on. They're selling. Yeah. That's, that's a great yeah, point. They, they should be loving life. You know, they, yeah. they can, uh, Eric Foster, I think he's got a training center somewhere down there close to Ellis. Uh, he, instead of shipping two hours to Churchill, he can ship 30 minutes or whatever to Ellis. So mm-hmm. big, big is, advantage. Well, that's a good point. Like we're talking about from a, from a gambling standpoint, from a horse player standpoint. Now these, some of these horses are going to go up there and they're going to run, just run the white eyeballs out, but some, some might not handle it because they've been working on the surface and it could completely happen. That said, the flip side is it may be an advantage for some people, for Carol Cobb and Jerry Joe Greenwell, but I don't think they're going to have any horses going during the Churchill meet. Probably not. You never know. You may have some guys up there that may put their horses in early uh, because they're going to know these some of the maybe the 20,000 into wells don't fill and they can run for a big purse, right? You know, that yeah. now they're in their Claim, backyard. Another thing is claiming horses now. I mean, they, the claiming game was wildly popular so far. Oh, yeah. Me. I I don't know what where Linda Rice is, but she had claimed seventeen, uh, and I think way. she may have, I think she may claim one today. Uh, so she's probably in the twenties by now, and yeah. So you know now, if you want to go claim a horse now, instead of just driving or walking walking over to the claim box out of your barn at Churchill, now you got to drive an hour and a half to drop the claim or get somebody to do it for you. I'm assuming Linda Rice is taking those horses out of state too, right? Oh, they they'll race at Saratoga. Yeah, no, so, no doubt. If, yeah, so we wonder why the field sizes are down. That's one of the. Uh, that's another reason too, right? People claim horses, run. and then we, sometimes we see a lot of inflated thirty thousand dollar fields, fifty thousand dollar fields, especially in the in, in the condition level, the maiden claiming level, where these horses that they, they maybe run for fifty aren't worth fifty, but we, that's just the inflation, right? That's uh, everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, but how about some good news? What about Damon's Mound today? How about that effort? Damon's Mound ran big to, uh, finish second, uh, to, was it Tumba, Tumba Rumba? Tumba Rumba? Tumba Wumba? Tumba Wumba, and I think it's Chumba Wumba's, uh, brother. Yeah. Uh, Louisiana Bread was, that horse was dead game two starts ago. I was a bit against him today, cause I was, I thought it was kind of a freakish race, but no, he ran the exact same race against Damon's Mound. So hats off to Tumba Wumba, that Cajun Bread. Yeah. But Damon's back. We're confident Damon's back. We got the more along the lines of the trip that we believe we should see with Damon's Mound. And I think he put a head in front, but it's hard to pass Tumbawamba. So don't let that defeat fool you. That's, that's a yeah. game. That's a game bulldog he went up against. So plus, we, yeah, you know, you take out the ground loss. Uh, Damon's Mound could easily won that if he, you know, if he's on the rail as opposed to maybe the five path. But I mean, that was, that was the way the, the race set up. 92 so, buyer. We've already heard the buyer. 92 for 92 real. buyer. That's pretty you, impressive. You, from a third graph or a ragazin perspective, if he ran a 92 buyer, I mean, that's, that's a legitimate stakes number when you calculate ground loss in, in the four or five path. So yeah, looking forward to some big things from him. Also, Henrietta Topham from, uh, uh, from Jeff Mulcahy's barn won the mint julep today. And, uh, he was on our podcast last fall or late last summer, late last summer when, uh, uh, Henrietta won the, the uh the stake at uh Ellis. Yeah. And uh yeah, he's he's done a marvelous job with her. I mean that's his only horse. I mean he's had other horses but 
he was getting out of the game and he told us this, he's just going to keep this horse, whatever. And I don't blame him. He's won five big pots with this horse, right? And today was yeah. a great three minute julep. And, and he brought, put, the horse puts the same run in every time. That's what I, what I find impressive. Off a two week break Off at that. And beat a couple yeah. of nice horses today. And trivia question, and, and he also has answered a trivia question he's probably unaware of. And, uh, we, we, we don't know our numbers that well. We don't really pay attention to downloads and blah, blah, blah. We have one little thing we go by. And uh, it's only one avenue, but Jeff Mulcahy, we've done 146 of these now, and Jeff Mulcahy is by far the number one most listened to one we've had. Is that right? Yeah, he's the, he's the new leader. He's by a sizable margin, so Pete, hats off to Jeff Mulcahy. Not only went in that, but apparently people love Jeff Mulcahy. He's got a lot of friends in Ireland, and uh, they listen to us over there and stuff. So Jeff yeah. Mulcahy won twice today. So uh, what, else? Right. Rattle, what about right. Rattle and Roll? Does Rattle and Roll not get enough respect? Yeah. I tried to beat him I yesterday. Yeah, from from a handicapping perspective, you just gotta think there's a bounce coming somewhere along the lines, but it's it hadn't come yet. And he's gosh, the way he does it too, he just he he, he grinds everybody down. That's and it. that was uh again, I I, I had the lead I had the was it uh, hold Call uh, I forgot his name. Hold, hold me fast. Call me call fast. Me call me fast. Had the lead late. I thought he was long gone. I thought I had that race wrapped up. And again, yeah, uh, second race in a row, rattle and roll, uh, ran him down at the wire. It was impressive. That he was kind of trapped on the rail and it looked like he was spinning his wheels a little bit, but he's also waiting for room. And call me fast. When you say a horse gets the jump, call me fast got the jump. And to Leperu's credit, he made a big move, sweeping move, went to lead. And he, I think he knew rattle and roll was down the rail. So he went, he took the horse to the rail as soon as he got the lead and ran rail, had trouble getting through and got passed and still came with authority to, to win going away. I mean, that horse a mile, eight mile, three sixteenth monster. And I, they may be underselling him in some of the pots they're taking. This is a, this, well, be, this is a grade one animal. If you own him, where do you go? You go Stephen Foster, or you maybe wait for, uh, the Whitney or, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you could go to the Prairie Meadows for the corn husker. I skipped the corn husker. Well, you got to keep mine. Or, uh, smile, smile, daddy, smile, happy. Smile, happy is probably going into Stephen Foster. Yeah, so you pick your spots or whatever and stuff, and you just figure out who fits better where. But uh, I mean, rattle. You think rattle and rolls do for a break, but he. I mean, the way he ran the other day, just he's a he's a hickory. Let him keep going. So yeah. I wouldn't run him in both into Stephen Foster, but you can bet your ass one will be there. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, other races, uh, guy set piece just keeps winning. Uh, he's a he's a lawnmower on the Churchill Downs turf course. Man, I mean, just I don't think he beat much. No, yesterday, but I mean, still, it was confident. I mean, it was a confident ride, though. I thought it was a confident ride. Like we've got this. At any point, I can go by uh, these or whatever. And you know, he's always been a one I've always liked because he always he doesn't. It, it seems the lady's tailed off a little bit, but sometimes when people say a horse is tailed off, they're still really goddamn good. And he's real. He's he's in that case. So. He can go for a while. He'll get. To, it surprised me. He'd only earned like six hundred thousand before yesterday. Six hundred sixty, something like that. It just felt like he'd been running forever and and running first, second, forever in, in big pots or whatever. But uh, he'll eventually be a millionaire, and rightfully so. And then uh, you know, idiomatic one for uh, Judmont, Brad Cox. Uh, you know, well back to back, Cox and Judmont won, and I guess Giroux was on both. Was he uh, turfway form? Turf, but you know, I digress. And then. Uh, uh, Whipslinger backed up his win on Derby Day in the American Turf, and he won. He won yesterday he as well. Good. I thought he looked good yesterday. So, yeah. But um, you know, that's the last. It's kind of hard to believe that. Now, like I went out today. I wasn't going out, but I want to go see Damon run and to say hi to a couple people. 
And uh, I was like, I'm not coming back after you. Hopefully September. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it feels weird. I'm sure it feels weird yeah. to all the, the workers out there and stuff. But uh, let's just hope that, you know, things go well health-wise, safety-wise. And let's hope that Ellis is, is able to step up to the plate with Churchill's health. Because, you know, they got some good people out there at Ellis, right? With Stephen McIntyre, Gary McIntyre. I mean, we could name a bunch or whatever. But uh, uh, Joe used to, Joe Crispeck used to work out there, uh, so he knows it well. Uh, we yeah. know it well, and uh, those people up there—they love that racetrack. Joe, so this is exciting. Joe used to make the morning line down there, I think. Yeah, so they'll be in good hands. I mean, so the, 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 some of these guys that you see these people on one of those networks that I personally do not care for, and they make theirs again. I think it's actually malfeasance of the highest order when you're making selections on a track in Prairie Meadows, Lone Star, and you don't know jack shit about it. Uh, I think you should. If you had any sort of um, uh, morality or character, you would not do that, and you'd quit your job. Uh, I'm really – if you don't know your circuit, you should not be giving out selections. I will say it to the end of time. Uh, but the good thing about the, these guys, these guys know Ellis Park. Joe really knows Ellis, so you're in good hands with those guys. So I get opinionated about certain things, don't I? I get opinionated about – Boy, I, that's true. I stay, I stay pretty level-headed about things, but there's something when, when I was sitting my feet in the, the ground, I'll put my feet in the ground. Shout out to uh, ex podcast guest Sarah Hamilton. One one today with Roman Centurion. She did a really good job turning that horse around. Oh, she did. She did. Yeah, she's she's and so much fun. She's awesome. She's cool. And then uh, Farron Peterson won two stakes on Friday at Belterra. Speaking of awesome, yeah, uh, Farron is a really, in addition to just one of the better people you'll ever meet with her humanitarian work and her commitment. To say that girl's committed is 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 amazing, but. Uh, um, shout out to Mike Makerford and Doug O'Neill and some other guys for getting her the amounts that she deserves, and she's making the most of them. So she'll get she'll bag a few at Ellis too. Yep. That's so uh, I think that's all I can come up with. I, uh, you got anything else you want to add? We've I talked too to much again. No, we didn't talk that long. This one's not too bad, but uh, I forgot the Belmonts next week. <laughs> I don't even think about it. But oh I man! Right. Well, uh, Tuesday night we're going to record a Belmont Stakes preview with our friend jessica tugwell she's going to talk a lot of pedigrees yeah, about uh which which that that if there's a race that pedigree is important i would think it would be the, uh, the belmont i agree i think uh you know we sometimes we just kind of wing these things of who we're going to have on but i think we're going to have jessica on this week we're going to have damon thayer senator damon thayer on again next week to talk about sports betting and heisa and an amazing trip he just took i think we're going to have michelle lovell on and Ron DeSantis. There. I'd like to have Ron DeSantis. That'd be fun. We'll have both parties on. We're, you know, we'll, we'll be happy with that. We're having Michelle Lovell and her friend Mary Joanna talk about what it's like to be a female jockey back in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. We got some things. We, other, we got other ideas going on and stuff. So, no shortage of topics to talk about when you live in Kentucky, right? Absolutely right. So, all right, let's wrap this up. We got work tomorrow. All right, signing off in the backyard. Beautiful Bloomfield, Kentucky. CC brought us on behalf of Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, who is absent, and a cast of thousands. In the words of Jerry Romans, we're not happy until you're not happy. Nailed it. Good night.